So, as many of you know, I've been thinking more about my family history and trying to think about how my family has survived uh, so much that this country has put black people through. So this conversation between my mom and my aunt was very, very enlightening and special because we talked about generational trauma and how to work on relationships with family members. They also talk about their upbringing in the 1980s and the many memories that they still carry with them about their mother, my grandmother. This episode is dedicated to her. Thank you for listening. Our mom was, when she had your mom, she had her when she was in high school. So she was still in high school when she had her. And then she also had your uncle Herbie in high school as well. Mm. So Mm. right after, I think a day after she graduated from high school, she ended up marrying my dad. Mm. And so then I think they were initially stationed in Key West, Florida. And then that's when I came in 79. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so between 79, we ended up being stationed in Virginia at one point. So I was still like maybe two or three at that time. And so then um, they they separated around, um, I think I was like three. And so at this time, my mom went back to her grandmother, which is uh, Mamie Green in Valdosta, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So we was there for a while. And so your mom and your uncle, they went to school. They went to the local elementary school. I was, you know, at the house because I wasn't. I wasn't of age yet to go to school. And so when I um, turned, I was four, I was four. And so I have like a late birthday. And so I wasn't able to start kindergarten, you know, cause my birthday is in October. Mm. And so the cutoff date is September, but we went to South Carolina because South Carolina allowed four-year-olds to start if their birthday was like in, like um, after the cutoff date, as long as it was that same year. Mm-hmm. So I was able to start kindergarten. So we were there for a, um, for my whole kindergarten year. And so then after that, we moved, ended up moving to Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. So we were in Jacksonville from, from first, from my, from first grade to fifth grade. Wait a minute. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Let me... <laughs> oh, I'm it... sorry. I... First of all, I'm sorry. I'm late. I was out and about. Um doing some other stuff and you knew what time this thing this podcast started. i know but i'm with somebody i was with other people but you know how you know how it is when you're with other people and you want other people time and you know okay. i was gonna say your mama taught you manners. oh she did okay anyway y'all see me yes yes okay but anyway okay. back to my story so i we were in jacksonville from first grade to fifth grade. And so I started my sixth grade year in um, Palmetto, Florida. That's when we moved up to Palmetto, Florida. And we moved because our, um, it'll be your great-great-grandfather, Elijah Childs. He wanted us to move closer so that we could, you know, get a little closer to him and establish a relationship. And so that's the reason why we moved. Mm-hmm. Mom, what do you remember about growing up? What I remember about growing up was me having a God-fearing mother, a mother teaching me how to survive, 
how to pray and how to to always know no matter how life gets how tough life gets to pray and always to depend on Jesus and no matter what I always had my siblings when she wasn't around to always have I have her being Keisha no matter what she is when she's not she when she's no longer here they are the last thing I have from her mm-hmm. is what I remember from my childhood what do you remember about growing up in like the 80s in the 80s honey in the 80s ooh, I was like when 1980s, I was like five. Ooh, honey, I remember the crack epidemic. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of a lot of my family members on crack. I remember my, my family members selling crack. Uh, I remember yeah. seeing Ronald Reagan as the president of the United States. Uh, I, I they think I honestly I, they said he actually started the crack epidemic from what they say. I remember that. I remember Michael Jackson and I don't know. That's pretty much from the 80s and a lot of good music from the 80s. And, you know, Mm -hmm. I I didn't really remember a lot of the racism and all the crazy stuff that's going on today. I think I was probably not really living and sheltered a lot of that from there. I didn't watch a lot of TV back in the 80s like I do now, you know. Mm You know, mm. I think that's the reason. Yeah, that's what I remember from the 80s. But you got to remember, mine in 1980, I was five. So, mm-hmm. but, it, you know, so. Well, hey. back in the day, there wasn't that much ratchet shows like there is yeah, that Yeah, like it is so, now. <laughs> you have more of like wholesome type shows and stuff yeah. where the whole family can sit down and watch the show and enjoy I- it without worrying about, you know, someone, you know, nudity or cursing or anything of that nature. In the 1980s, I think I might have been watching the Cosby show. Mm. That may be right. Yes. Yeah, I was watching the Cosby show and watching like they had had all these silver, they had all these family shows like Black, Black, Cosby show was only Black family that I remember. They had the mother as the lawyer and Bill Cosby as the doctor. You know, that was the ideal stand-up Black family back in the back in those days, you know. And then they had a lot of white families, you know. You I know. mean, even though we had, like, the Cosby show, we did have, like, the, um, like, good times. Yeah, good times. We could relate to good times. You know, we, we know be. what it felt like to have our lights turned off. We know what it felt like to not really have food in the refrigerator and things of that nature. But the thing about that show is that it taught it taught you how to survive. Mm, like yeah. we knew how to survive. Our mom taught us how to survive. You know, you may have little, but with that little, you can make a lot. So yeah. And also, also Keisha can testify to that. We knew even though we didn't have a lot, we knew we were loved. Right. Mm. We knew we were loved. That's mm-hmm. uh, you know that 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 no matter what we didn't at the time while we were growing up we didn't realize how much we were loved. But as we got older, we realized we were you know we were really loved. You know, we a lot of people think love we social we associate with monetary stuff, 
but our mother told us and showed us every day in so many ways of that she loved us, you know. And even then, like, even though we, we grew up, like after my mom and dad separated and we moved to Jacksonville, we didn't have much. We came to Jacksonville with a mattress and a small look, maybe 10 inch TV. I remember and so that. All, and it was a black and white. Yes, yeah, so it was black day. and white. And so all four of us were sleeping on that one little mattress. And what the, what's the messed up thing is, is that somebody broke into our house and stole uh, our TV. You remember that? <laughs> They stole our little TV. And so the thing about it is that, I mean, it would, it's something that will get you upset. But even then, my mom told us and said, listen, even though we have this little, and even though someone took that little, the little that we did have, we still have each other. And so don't worry about that. We're going to rebuild and we're going to be all right. And that's exactly what happened. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. We know how it felt to, have nothing and start all over. So we can look back and say, we remember when we had nothing and then look what we got now. So, you know, we know how to have humble beginnings to, and then to really have stuff, you know, that, 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 that's a good feeling. You know, our mom was, our mom was sick. Like she was sick her whole life. Like, um, was it like, was she like 10 or 11? 10 or 11 when she had open heart surgery. And so mm-hmm. throughout the year, she's been like in and out the hospital. So mm-hmm. there were times where she would be like months away at a hospital somewhere, like in Tallahassee or something like that. And then we'll have like a family member come in and watch us. Or sometimes I know I was too young. So sometimes I would be sent away to, you know, stay with somebody else until, you know, she came home or whatsoever. But eventually, you know, once, at one point we all were, um, because my Mika is like four years older than me. And then Uncle Herbie is two years older than me. So we were all teenagers at one point. So we were able to stay home by ourselves when she was in the hospital and stuff of that nature. And so it really taught us how to rely on one another and be there for each other. I remember um, you and Jalen, I mean, you and Herbie still in high school and mom wasn't able to work or something. And I remember y'all needing school clothes. And I remember I was working and I remember giving money to buy help buy school clothes that year. You know? Right. Remember me and you used to go get our hair done every two weeks. And right. I used to pay for that. And there was an even time, I think, I, I think when I was in the sixth grade, and mom was, um, she had just got out of the hospital, so she wasn't really working at that time. But what the little that she did have, she was able to get enough clothes for me and Herbie to start, you know, school. Ooh. And so Mika, you know, she had to, for like the first week or two, she had to wear some of her old things. You know? I remember that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, mom was like, you know, don't worry about it. You're going to get your clothes and stuff. I'm going to buy you some new things as well, but just hold on out. And so mm-hmm. we have a lot of those stories where it's just like, you do what you want to. Like mom always made a way. Always yeah. made a way. Yeah, because I was the older child. I had to, you know, she got, I had, I had to wait a lot to make sure they got, because they were the younger. And I, you know, I understood. And then when, when I did get, she made sure I got what I wanted, you know. 
mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't mind, you know, I didn't mind helping when I was at the age where I could, I could help. And then too, my, our mom, she believed in, she believed in getting what you need and not what you want. So yeah. she wasn't going to go out and buy you that $100 pair of, of sneakers. She was like, is that something that you want? Then you need to get out there and you need to go work for it. But mm-hmm. she was like, okay, you're going to be satisfied with these $50 shoes and be okay with it. Mm-hmm. You want the higher price item? You need to go work for it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's, and that's exactly what we did. That's why, that's why I said she taught us how to survive and, and get what we what we need, you know. And I and Jalen, you know, growing up with you and uh Xavier, you did hey, mama used a lot of those survival tricks with you guys. <laughs> Little do you know that. I'm aware. <clears throat> you aware <laughs> that yeah. Um well, well okay, so one of the things that I realized is that our our family likes to fight. So (laughs) how did you realize that? That's just a fact. So how so how does love so how how does love work in with that? Like with all of the arguing and fussing, where is the love in that? Because it's only it's only temporary. I mean Mm. temporary. So it's like, okay, if I get in an argument with you, I know within the next 20 or so minutes, I'm still going to have to see you every day. And so instead of just being upset, hey, mm. okay, I'm sorry. You know, let's disagree. You know, I mean, I don't understand what you're saying, but I'm just going, we're just going to have, we're just going to just disagree right now. And we're just going to make it work. Mm. Your family, I love you. And that's it. I look at the arguing and the, the cussing and the fussing, and I, I look at a way of um, passion about something. If you're when you're passionate about something, you argue till you get your point across, even when that person don't understand. Mm. And when you're when you love somebody and you, when you really love somebody and you really want somebody to understand you, you will try to do whatever you can do to make you them understand. And so sometimes it leads to an argument and to the point where it might lead to a fight. But when you, when you don't give a darn about somebody, you don't give a darn if they care or not. So you don't you don't try to put that much energy and passion into something like that. So when I I think a lot of times it's out of love mm-hmm. when you're trying to get your point across, and when your feelings is involved and the other person's and feelings involved in the stuff, I think a lot of times that's when. It, it, it leads into argument or a fight, but it is, but it's all done in love. But you can relate. You can relate to that. And it's mostly you, a mis, It's oh. mostly a misunderstanding most of the time. Yeah. You know, just yeah. because you have an opinion, this person have an opinion, it doesn't mean that it's right. You know, and so sometimes you just have to communicate with each other and just say, "Hey, I felt this way. This is how I see it." But then also you have to be willing to listen to see how the other person view it as well. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Some type of compromise. And sometimes it takes fighting. I mean, yeah. hey, sometimes you got to beat somebody's ass. 
don't know about I don't know about all that. I don't I don't believe truth, that. But I don't believe that either. I but believe sometimes that. word sometimes words and cuss words might have to come out to get some point across, but putting hands on people sometimes that don't sometimes that cross the line. But I get it sometimes. I no, it. I'm saying no, the, I just uh, I'm saying sometimes it takes that. Like if someone continue to do something over and over and over, yeah, well, yeah. sometimes to get your point across is to let them know that for one, yeah, I'm, I, not, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm not naive, I'm not weak, and I'm not going to take it anymore. Yeah, because some people take your kindness for weakness. Some yeah. people right. do take your kindness for weakness, and I can see where that happens. Well, sometimes case, you have to go there. Yeah, because if you don't, they'll keep coming at you and then... Sometimes you just gotta whoop that ass to show them don't come <laughs> don't come at me like that. Right. Where did y'all learn to fight? How did y'all learn to fight? We always been like that. I mean, we are. <laughs> One thing our mom and you, you and Jayla, have you met your grandmother? Yes. Well, yeah, you already how know how your granddaughter was. We like she fight. was, she was, she was a sweet lady. She was very given. But she also did not take any disrespect at all. She was very direct with direct with her words, and she would let you know how she felt. And so, part of that of I can personally say for myself is that that's me. Like I am very laid back. I am very relaxed. I will allow you to do so much until I have to just cut you and be like, listen, what you're not going to do is disrespect me. Hmm. If I don't talk to you that way, you're not going to talk to me that way as well. And so we get it from your grandma. Yeah. Well, and then your great grandma and then some. Because every, yeah. everybody in our family is like that. It's a strong it's some it's a strong gene line of women. And probably some men too. It's the men too. Well, I asked that you question. I, I mean, I asked that question because I don't have that like fighting spirit. Like I, I like I, I argue, but I don't I don't I don't like fight. You, Jalen, you do have that fighting, for you, but you fight in another way. Yeah, I fight in different ways. I don't you don't want to physically fight. put your but if you had to, I think you would. It, you could. I mean, it's not always physical. Like it's mm. not always physical and stuff. Physical is the last resort. I mean, a lot of times you can um, say what you mean just by your words, through your words. And it's not, sometimes it may be a, a look or two. You know, you can give somebody a look that say, hey, leave me alone and go about your business before you get this business. So, <laughs> oh, don't your, don't your auntie sound like she violent? I ain't violent. No. no. I'm a sweetheart. She is a sweet. She is a sweetheart. She is. But also, I'm also a defender. Like I, growing up, I always defended those who couldn't defend themselves. And uh, so yeah. when I say a fighter, I used to take up for those people. Like I was one of the ones. Like, hey, you're not going to talk about this person. If you're going to mm -hmm. talk about this person, then we're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. And so I used to take up for a lot of my friends because mm -hmm. they couldn't defend themselves. And so. Mm -hmm. That's my way of fighting. It was like, no, you're not going to do that. I remember, I remember me as your bigger sister defending you and fighting for you. Oh, here you go. 
<laughs> talk more. Yes, talk more about that. Yeah, I mean, and here you go. Of course, of course, you had to defend me. I'm not getting ready to fight no 18 sister. girls. I'm sorry, I told them. Yeah, already. and I was Jalen. I was actually pregnant with you for fight. Yeah, t- I've heard this story before. Yeah, tell the story. I don't know. I don't know the whole. It was. Why. I mean, I'm it, like, was I some, start- it was something simple as a neighborhood boy. He liked me, and so they were upset that he wasn't really giving them any attention. And so it was this one particular girl who had a whole bunch of cousins. They decided after their softball practice to come over to our house. And so I went outside and then they were saying all this stuff. And I'm looking at them like, listen, I'm not going to fight all of y'all. I can fight about three of y'all, but I'm not fighting 18. <laughs> and so at that time, was my it mom the whole came, softball team? It pretty much was the whole softball team. They was ready to beat me up, but <laughs> I already told her, I'm not fighting all of y'all. I'll fight three, but I ain't fighting 18. And so at this time, your grandma pulled up and she was like, get your behind in the house. And so I went in the house. And so at this time, your mom runs out the back door and went up and confronted these girls. And then next thing I know, she's out there fighting. I'm trying to get out, but then your uncle told me back. Then Herbie came out and he's in there trying to stop the girls for hitting your mama. It was a mess. <laughs> oh my god yeah and i was pregnant with you how, fa- how far how far along were you i was probably about four or five months pregnant oh, okay. i was showing a little yeah, that bit was i wasn't being crazy oh my goodness <laughs> i was like what the hell but we defended yeah. each other that's just what it yeah is. it's Herbie like did, you're yeah. not going to disrespect us we're going to take up for each other yeah right is right now if you're going to do one-on-one go ahead but mm-hmm. if you're going to jump no we don't we don't mm-hmm. know that's not mm-hmm. going to happen mm-hmm. yeah what yeah. other memories do y'all have um about growing up <clears throat> But we, growing up, we went through, like, a lot. Like, we we went through a lot. Like, even at five, I could have been five, and then your mom probably was nine. And um, we do have some family members who were incarcerated, you know, throughout the years and over our childhood and adulthood as well. But this one particular time, one of our uncles, he just, um, he was on a work release program through the, oh, um, no. the prison. <laughs> Well, it's the truth. (laughs) (laughs) And so he decided to, he decided to walk off. And and later on, we ended up getting the story. But uh, the story was told that he was, they delayed his, his, um, his release. Release He was supposed to get released on that Friday, but they delayed the paperwork somehow. So technically he was right to leave but the paperwork has wasn't done so they were telling him that it may be another week before he's released so what he did was like forget it this is the day that you know that they had already said and so he left I'm gone so he left and so you know I can remember I was getting my hair done by my mom and the next thing I know the door get uh kicked in and all these police officers run in the house oh wow tell everybody to get up and at one point we were all at the um on the picnic benches with our hands up with guns pointed at us Mm. Mm. interesting 
We you... had a help. We had a whole damn SWAT team. Oh my god. We actually know how it felt to have SWAT team guns had up. We were little kids. When was the what and year this was ha- this? And this happened in Valdosta, Georgia. Was this like the eighties? Yes, this was the eighties. I was I was about five years old when this happened. So this is about eighty, maybe about eighty four. Yeah. 84, 85 when it happened. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And then one of your uncles, we used to go visit him in prison in, in Macon, Georgia. We, you know, at a young age, you would never know, you never would think you would have to go visit. And I remember having to go through those prison doors. And as each each door you go through, it, hearing those bars close and all that that was that was an experience as a child going to go see somebody in prison and ha- what you had to go through just to go see them mm. right you know what i'm saying i mean it was a lot at, at one point we may have up to like five to eight people in our family that was in prison at the time what, or jail what yeah. why do you was it why do y'all think so many people were in jail or yeah, you know, why was that? Well, you know what? It's the things. It, it's like it, it, I say. It's about your surroundings. When you know better, you do better. When you don't know stuff, you know what I'm saying. It's it, that it's it's about that. That's why I think a lot of people in the it's about the way you grow up and the way you your surroundings. If you don't know st- certain things, and you it's survival. And when you hit survival mode. I think that's that's what actually happened to each one of them. I think it what was. You think, I think it's your environment. Like even with the whole Valdosta crew, because at one point um, it was a lot of us in the home, and I think that we we grew up. Okay, we grew up to you know be there for one another, and so you know one thing about it is that when you go outside, you see the environment itself. You see the, the, um, the, um, back in the day they had, um, what they call them? Um, the old dilapidated buildings and stuff. So you see the poverty, you see all of these things. And this was still in the eighties or this is still in the eighties. So you see the poverty outside, but in the inside, it felt like we were living in a mansion. Mm. Mm -hmm. We had everything we need. We did not lack in anything. We had everything that we need. Mm. And so um, I say when you see the poverty outside and then you go out and you go around the neighborhood and you see everything else, you know, and you feel everything's not the same as the inside of your home. And so sometimes it can steer people the wrong way, you know, because everybody else may, you know, they may say something. Well, look at you, you know, it's that peer pressure. Peer pressure plays a lot into it. And then also, you know, with us, our mom always taught us, we lived in the projects, but we didn't know it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we got older that we realized that we lived in the project. Like, you know, our mom said, even our mom always taught us, even though we, you know, are living in the project, we didn't have the project mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And let the environment itself keep us down. She told us to look differently, to see beyond what you see on the outside to strive to be different, to do better. And so that's mm-hmm. something that she instilled in us. Mm. That it, it's, it's similar to like why I teach to you and Xavier, right? The mentality. 
You know what I'm saying? Not saying we had a, yeah. a bad lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's like, I'm, I mean, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, I do remember like cousins that are like my age being in jail and like kind of wondering like why that was because like it's really young to be in jail at 15. Like that's yeah. so young. And I don't know, like I just I, I think about like how I don't I don't I don't know if it's like the difference in opportunity or what, but I just think about like how much of their lives are was were like taken from them. And I don't know. I just feel a certain way about it. I it's, think it's, it's, the, some... it's, it's the mentality itself. Like just because you see things don't see as good as you want it to be, or it's not as good as you want it to be. It's, it's that mentality to know that, Hey, to look beyond that and say that I can achieve more than this. I do not have to settle for this. And so when you have that mentality, you tend to move a lot differently than others because we do have some of the same people that was raised the same way. Mm. And it's yeah. just that some people take it as, okay, I'm going to rise above it. And then some people, you know, tend to just say, you know what, I'm just going to settle because this is what my environment say, you know, tells me. This is what other people tells me. But sometimes you have to denounce that and say, you know what, I'm going to be different and do different. And like our mom always told us, each generation needs to be better than the next. Yeah. And our mom taught us to be not saying being better than the next person, but she put us, instilled in us to strive to be better like she wanted us to be better than what she she was like every parent want their children to be better than what they had like she always wanted to buy herself a house you know what i'm saying and she wanted to do certain things that she couldn't do for herself and for her for us but we, I look at it now, we're able to do what she couldn't do for herself. And I think if she still was living, she would be happy. And I think she's still happy at the fact that we're able to achieve some of the stuff she couldn't, you know what I'm saying? Because of the, you know, of the stuff that she, we, we, that she instilled in her. And I think that's what we, that as parents, we try to instill that into our own kids. Like me, I told you and Xavier years ago, I'm, I'm we breaking generational curves. You know what I'm saying? Like I told you, Jalen, do you know how many men in our families graduate from high school? It's not very men and not many men in our, on my on our mom's side that graduate from high school. Let more even go to college. Yeah. So you're setting an example for them. You know I, what I'm saying? But I don't want to be an example. I just want to be myself. I don't you want to you be are setting yourself. You are setting yourself. But let me yourself. tell you that even though you may not want to be that person, you have to understand that there are people that are watching you, see, looking at you, you, seeing your, seeing your, your, um, seeing your, um, just seeing the opportunities that's given to you and the opportunities that you have earned yourself and just seeing mm. in the position that you're in. And so you may never know this until they come out and say something to you and say, you know what? I've been watching you and I am very proud of your accomplishments. Well, it just seems odd because like, I mean, first of all, when I was, when I was a little kid, did y'all know I was gonna, that I was gay? Did y'all know I was gay when I was little? I knew. 
but that's just me. I had ideas, but not for sure. You know, I'm a mother. You know, mothers always know, but you don't, you know, sometimes you go through now, but then you don't know, but then, you know, you know. so I kind of knew, but then I didn't know, you know? Well, but anyway, but, but I bring that up because I mean, just amongst kids my age, like me, just a, me, me enjoying school and stuff like that. I will always kick, get called gay for that, and like that had nothing to do with like. And they don't my, have nothing with but it, but it's like gay. that exactly. But it's like kind of hearing that from other peers, it kind of like makes you feel like, oh, like I shouldn't like school. I should like what they like, so they stop, you know, messing with me or whatever. And so it's like, it's like that's why I'm like. I don't get how I'm an example because it's like that when I was growing up amongst other children, it was kind of diminished that, you know, I was that school was something that I liked. That's that's that. You know what, Jalen? Look at you now, honey. But I'm saying (laughs) I'm I'm saying that because I'm I'm trying to figure out like. If 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 education is, you know, the goal, like if if high school, if most of the men in our family did not go to high school or college, if that's something that our family wants, then why was it something amongst the children that was kind of like downplayed? Why do y'all think that happened? When you when you know when you know better, you do better. That's why I. We, the the do the next generation, this generation that's coming up now, your generation is breaking that curse. We breaking generational oh. curses. You don't even know it, huh? You see what I'm saying? I you think breaking- this is the um. Everybody got a decision. Yeah. So in those decisions, you have to choose whether you go this way. Or you go this way. And on each of those different ways that you take, there's consequences for those. And so I think that a lot of people do not take the time to look at, they don't take the time to really look at the situation. They don't look at the consequence, mm. consequences first. That's how I move. I look at the consequence first instead of, oh, I'm going to just go down this road because it's going to lead me here. No, you got to look at how was that going to affect me in the next coming weeks, months, year or years. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's what it is, is that sometimes some when you have that decision, do I go to school or do I stay here and make this fast money, you know? A lot of people don't outweigh the consequences of their actions until it's too late. And when it's too late, it's hard to recover sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think, Jalen, I think education was your escape from whatever. It definitely was. Yeah. And look, and look, and look what happened. Look what's going on. Yes, I'm away from my crazy ass family. <laughs> 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 yeah well you know and but you you're getting you're getting you're you getting you're getting the education behind it you're getting you know you're gonna get that phd behind your name which is something to be proud of i do commend my nephews for going to education you know just pursuing that route but then too you know 
I'm there. I'm working on my master's degree right now. But got what me in, sister. <laughs> and so, but what I'm saying is, you know, I'm also saying that even though you pursue education, you also have to make sure that you embrace your your family yeah. and uh-huh. the way yeah. that you were, you know, just your family, just situation, mm-hmm. the things uh-huh. that we have accomplished, you know, over the years as a family. Like even though our family has been, you know, a good little bit of them have been incarcerated, we are a strong knit family. Our family, we are anything. You can go to any one of them. They will be there to support you. They will be there to be there for you. Uh, heck, they will even defend you to the death because that's just what they do. Oh, they will. You know? They will. And so, you know, in being an educated, you know, black woman, I find that I also, I can also learn for those who didn't pursue mm-hmm. or go the same route that I did. Mm-hmm. Like I learned a lot from them, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's the truth. I, I really do. And Jalen, I think that you can learn a lot from them and they can learn a lot from you. And sometimes Definitely. if y'all just sit down and talk to each other, that... y'all will you would y'all will under and you and y'all hear each, each other's story, y'all will be like, oh. That's why wow. I'm, that's why I'm doing ancestry because I want to learn about my family and also just from from being in grad school for a few years like kind of just reading more on black culture and black literature and just thinking looking at our traditions i mean i do i do even though my family many, uh, many folks in my family might not have a formal education i mean th- i do know that there's a lot to learn from people just from just from them learning how to survive like that's what right. i want to learn it's how to survive and how to create and you know and i know Jalen, you told me one time probably not too long ago you said mom i am in the phd program and there's stuff that you have told me and taught me over years that they're teaching me in phd program he said mom you said mom you're wise beyond your years. You didn't even know how wise you are. Remember you told me that something. I did similar- say that. I said that to you, and that was in the midst of us arguing about something. And you were still wanting to argue with me. <laughs> well, after I, I, said I, don't, I don't remember. Let's clap for your mama. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that part. You know, of course you don't. But I remember saying that, mm-hmm. and you were still, still wanting to argue with me. Right. About what? I don't know, mom. I don't even remember. But anyway, I remember you telling me something like that. And I was like, oh, really? That's true. And, you, That's and true. you were like, mom, even I mean, I do have some education, you know, some college, but you were just saying, mom, well, it's about you just, survival. It's about yeah, survival. Yeah, he said, mom, you taught me how to, you know how to survive. That is a, a skill and a mechanism that you just do not know yeah. that some people, you know, education can't teach you that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, yeah. Right. And you were like, and I was like, wow. You know? And I was <laughs> like, dang, so some of the stuff I have said to you over the year, you actually some of it. Some, some of, of it. it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, even yeah, though, is. I mean, education yeah. can teach you a lot of things. Like, it is the key. But then also, you know, I say street smarts. That is something oh, that yeah. that is something that I use on a daily basis. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm knowledgeable, you know, that I have those tools and those resources to know how to, if I'm down and out, I know how to get back up. 
mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of people don't know how they don't have those skills or those strategies. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm happy that I do have those things because mm-hmm. I mean, it is, it, Hey, you, you have it every day. It's an everyday mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And that was to me, when you said that to me, Jayla, that was like an aha moment, like, but damn, even though, you know, he, he got all this education, I can still teach my child something. I mean, yeah, I'm never going to stop learning from my family members. I mean, I, yeah, I'm never going to stop learning. I just uh, don't understand y'all sometimes. <laughs> and you I, don't know, under- I, don't I don't understand, understand it. <laughs> I don't understand you. I don't understand I know you don't. Keisha. I, know you I don't. damn sure don't understand your Uncle Herbie sometimes, but I love all y'all. <laughs> Well, you supposed to. That's what families do. You love each other. We okay. Love- well. Well. Okay. Does this? Where can? Where can this get toxic? Where you know it's like love your family, love your family, and they just being really toxic and just like just it just bringing a lot of negative energy. When? Where do. can you? When? When can you cut off your family if you need to for yourself? Is that something you think people should do? Yes. Yeah. Listen, I don't block a lot of families. I even block my daddy. <laughs> Damn. Damn, man. Oh, yeah, I did. No, you did. Well, like okay, you know I did. Okay. Yeah. But well, yes, I even had to block my daddy because he was very. It was a very toxic situation, and it had. It was something just dealing with from childhood all the way up into adulthood, and so it was bothering. It was interfering with my mental health. Mm. And when anything interferes with my mental health, it's like, no, no. Because for one, if I'm not good, if I'm not good mentally, physically, then I'm not going to be good for my husband nor my kids. Mm. And so in order for me to to be, you know, in a stable, healthy environment, I have to cut off those things that are toxic. And so sometimes it takes you know, you having to block somebody on Facebook, it takes having to limit your conversation with that person because you can still love people. You can still love your family, but you can also love them afar. You know, you don't always have to be, you know, calling them all the time. Sometimes you can just check on them, you know, every other week. And I do want to say, even though, you know, I did block my daddy for for the whole situation, you know, we do talk now on a regular basis and even if it's just just to check on him Mm. you know Mm -hmm. and so it's not something that i would continue to you know continue to allow to go on like sometimes you have to my therapist say you know set your boundaries and Mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to set your that's what i that's what i try to do with my mom that's what i try to do with my mom and she don't like it and she don't understand it but you continue oh, you to set said, your oh, boundaries. Oh, he sets his boundaries with me. Continue to set your boundaries. Huh? Anybody listening, set your boundaries with other people. If they are toxic, leave their toxic ass by themselves. You can still love them. You can still be, be there for them, but be there for them afar. You don't have to go all out your way. Your mental health is much more important. Yeah, and keep yourself I, right and I, keep I, yourself right. And I want to continue having a good relationship. And if he has to set certain boundaries with me to continue a, a, a healthy relationship and a loving relationship with me, I'm all right with that. It might 
hurt my feelings sometimes, but hell, who, you know, it is what it is. But see, that's you know. a good thing that you that you're able to recognize that he is setting these boundaries, that this is what he needs mm. and you are acting accordingly to his needs. And it's not that way all the time. That's you not. know, some people you got to keep telling over and over again. And then sometimes you do have to cut those people off. Mm. Yeah. And it's just the truth. Sometimes if they don't get it, it's time to cut them off. Mm. Yeah. I never want to have to. I don't want to have to cut my kids off. I don't want them to cut me off. I see so many talk, toxic relationships going on with parents and children. Mm -hmm. And I never wanted that to be with my me and my parents and me with me and my children. You see mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I just, I never wanted that. You know what I'm You know, I just, I never did because it's not, it's not healthy or good because that would break my heart if I couldn't have a relationship with my children because of some stuff that I didn't understand and I couldn't, I couldn't set boundaries or my children wanted to set boundaries with me and I couldn't understand the boundaries and why they want to set boundaries. But I think a lot of that is because of therapy and mm. my relationship that I have with you know i'm in a headspace now to understand it you know i think that's the reason why i'm able to do that mm -hmm. you know what advice would y'all give to people like that are processing their childhood processing trauma processing family relationships what advice would y'all give to them on doing that work and still maintaining a relationship with their family? I say for me, like I can go and talk about my dad's situation. You know, we grew up, like like your mom said, we grew up in a single family home. Our father was not really there. He wasn't very visible in our lives. He would come in, just come in, just in and out. Just, it was constantly in and out. And so there was a lot of times we really didn't see him. And then he would make promises that he would not keep. And so, you know, growing up, you know, I, I understood his position in my life, you know. And so as an adult, he ended up getting sick. And so this same father who was really never in our lives, we ended up, me and my husband, we ended up taking care of him. And so part of that old trauma that I experienced as a child started coming up. Mm. And so there were times where I was like mad as hell. <laughs> and I was just like, uh, somebody better come get their daddy before I push him out in the street somewhere. Uh, 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 I, hey, I'm just being honest. I'm being honest. I'm just uh, and she, you know, I would she never every fight to feel that way. Physically, yeah. I would never do it. I like physically, mentally, I would never do it. But I had those thoughts because it was just like, how can I be the adult in this situation and do what you couldn't do? Mm. Here I am taking care of you, but you couldn't do, you know, you couldn't be there for me as a child, you know? And so even then, as even throughout my adulthood, it was still that, that, that treatment, like his treatment of us was off. Like he never really like stood up or stepped up. And so, you know, when he came here, he was still, you know, doing toxic stuff, 
that was affecting me mentally. And so I had to say, listen, I had to call my sister. I had to call my brother and say, hey, listen. And at this time I was pregnant. And so with me being already 40 years old, I'm already high risk because of my age. And so I had to tell them and say, hey, I can't do it anymore. I can't do it anymore. Physically, mentally, I can't do it. And so it ended up being a situation where he was able to go to, you know, somewhere else. And so with that said, you know, even after the fact, I had to go see, go to a therapist to deal with those feelings that I thought was gone. Like I felt that over in my adult life, I felt that, you know, I don't have those issues anymore. But when he was here, it came to the surface and it really almost took me out, you know, mentally. Mentally, I was like, damn, hey. I didn't know it was that bad, Keisha. Well, I'm not not like me want to commit suicide no, or anything no, no, like no, that. No, not like but not like that. I'm saying like like it, it took me to a point to where it's just like, I don't care. Mm. I don't care at all. You know what? F it. I mm. don't care. You know, I was that. It really takes. Okay, let me back up. Growing up, our mom, with me personally, I can say me personally. My mom always taught me to be the strong person, to be the strong one in the family. Because she always told me. Your brother and your sister, they are sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> and, we, and, and we are, and we are. She always we said, are. she said, your brother and your sister are sensitive. So what I'm and going to are. need but, you to but, do. But, 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 your, but, your, but your sister's strong at, at the right, same time. Right, right. No, that ain't got nothing to do with strong. That's just, uh -huh. it's just being sensitive. Like y'all handle stuff totally different. Y'all handle stuff with your emotion. I handle oh, yeah, stuff we with do. my head first. Mm -hmm. I deal with the emotions later. And so throughout life, that's what I carry with me mm. all the way up until my adulthood. So I always went head first into things and not emotion. I didn't let my emotions, you know, bother me or whatsoever. But I was at a point to where I was just like, you know what, this man right here, uh-uh. But I your emotions was bothering you then. Well, no, because mentally I was feeling like I wasn't myself. Yeah. And that's the most important thing. I didn't feel like myself. And so I went ahead and I went to my therapist and she helped me to, you know, she helped me with some to, she provided me with tools and resources that I could utilize in order to deal with those emotions yeah. because I haven't been one to deal with emotions. Mm. I haven't been one to deal with those traumas that I experienced. And so instead of me doing the head thing, I had to deal with my emotions in the inside. And so that was hard for me to process because I, I'm not one of those ones that will cry. I'm not, I'm, it, I rarely cry. So I'm not one to show my emotions all, you know, at times. Just, so mm -hmm. I started to have to deal with my emotions. And that was part of my healing process yeah. is actually looking at things and really dealing with them and not allowing, you know, them to keep lingering and stuff. And yeah. so, as I said, now, because I did deal with my emotions, I dealt with those traumas, those childhood traumas. I dealt with you know, just the situation between me and my dad, we are in a better space right now. Mentally, I'm good. Mm -hmm. now, Mentally, is he good? Physically, I may want to throw some hands, but <laughs> but right now I'm good. <laughs> is he, do you think he's good mentally? 
no, he's not good mentally. He has to he has to go get his own um help. He has to yeah, go and, yeah. you know, get his own, you know, go see a therapist and deal with his issues and stuff. But as for me, I can say that I am now finally dealing with those things. Mm-hmm. And it's making me into a better person. I'm evolving, I'm changing. Yeah. So now yeah. I can I can put my emotions first. Not sensitive, but I can put my emotions first and deal with my emotions. What's wrong with putting your emotions first, Keisha? Because sometimes the reaction, sometimes it's the well, wrong yeah. reaction sometimes. Sometimes y'all just overthink things and yeah, y'all end that, up coming in and it's not even that situation. It's not and even it, like it, that. And, and that is so true. I find myself overthinking stuff and so when I think with my emotion I see that a lot on my when I when you know when you're um in a leadership position at work I think I do a lot of stuff with my emotion instead of thinking and to me a lot of time that backfires on me and I'm I'm learning to I'm learning that the hard way Mm. you know what I'm saying I am so and it's hard to um to read you know, condition yourself when you've been when you when you've been doing stuff with your emotions for so year so so long. But people see that that kindness for weakness, and they manipulate it and use it against you. You see what I'm saying? And I see that when I on, on my job, I got kind of a kind of uh, in a bad situation dealing with my emotions and trying to help people out. And then I later on get thrown up under the bus about some stuff. When when you're trying to be in a leadership position and then you help and trying to help people out and trying to do the better good for them. And then they turn around and then they don't give a damn about you, but you thinking with your emotions and you trying to help them out, but they don't give a damn about you. People don't think the way you think. And I have to really realize and got to stop. And, and, you know, people tell me to me, you got to stop thinking about your emotions, thinking with your emotions and think about your position and what you're supposed to do. You come to do your job and don't think about that. And I hate to have to be like that, but I have to learn that I have to learn that. That is a hard, it's hard that I have to learn how to be like that. So what advice do you have to people trying to work through their childhood, family trauma, and still, you know, having a relationship with family? Well, I was asking that to my mom. Oh, you asked to your mom. Come back to me because I got something to say. say. I'll say take one day at a time. I, to me, you just need to take one day at a time. You need to be upfront with this person. And if this person's not willing to work with you, then hey, then you just sometimes you gotta um detach for detach from a person and then revisit them later on. Sometimes when you change something, people um observe your change and then sometimes they'll say oh they're they're changing so oh maybe they are serious maybe i do need to do this and then sometimes you need to take a break from stuff and then sometimes you might need to revisit it you know what i'm saying and if you're that if that if you're that important in that person's life i think sometimes a break and then when you go back i think they'll they appreciate better and then sometimes 
if they feel like they value you, they'll immediately change. If not, then hey, just don't fool with them. If they really want a, a, a relationship with this person, they will do whatever they would do to not continue this a toxic relationship. Mm. Okay, what you have to say, Uncle Keisha? want to say <clears throat> I always say it I I have a problem and I don't know as, as far as I can only say for what I know and what I see with my own eyes and from my experiences is that I understand as especially in our community in our community they tend to in childhood they tend to sweep things under the rug they don't mm-hmm. want to talk about those things. They don't want to talk about those toxic things. Like they allow it. And so it's almost to a point to where it's like they're accepting of such behaviors. Mm. And it's just like, how can you that's, accept that's what I those feel, behaviors? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, in, if anybody's listening, I would say the first thing you have to do is deal with those emotions. You deal with those situations. You have to confront those situations. Not saying confront a person, but mm. confront those situations personally first. Mm-hmm. Know that your feelings are valid. And that a lot of people don't understand that your feelings are valid. How you feel is valid. Don't you let anybody else tell you how to think and how to feel about a situation. Once you deal with those emotions, whether you you, you do some type of self-care activity. If it's going to therapy, if it's journaling, mm-hmm. whatever it is, whatever activity that you do that you need to do in order to release those emotions. Mm-hmm. Do it. And then when you're comfortable with those, when you're comfortable and you're able to talk about it freely without feeling, you know, judged or anything like that, then you can go to that person and say, hey, this is what happened. This is how I feel. My feelings are validated. Whether you agree or not, it is validated. This is what you did. And once you do that, you free yourself. You're able to heal. Mm -hmm. The healing process Mm -hmm. has been established and you can continue to heal and it's not gonna bother you that, it's not gonna bother you that anymore. Yeah. But once you go ahead and confront it, you deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. Then you go ahead and you, hey, you know what? You hurt me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then so let you just be. so pretty you much you from saying you just saying they just need to acknowledge their feelings and let that person be aware of what they did to them. Right. Stand in your truth. That's true. That is true. Stand in your truth. That's what it is. Stand in your truth. I agree with that. And that's what the problem is. As I said, a lot of people, even as as we grew up in childhood, a lot of people sweep things under the rug, regardless of whatever the situation is. When you get older, you have to deal with those situations because if you don't deal with those situations, you know what you're going to do? You're going to create these generational curses. You're going Mm -hmm. to leave these things with your kids. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to leave my kids with any trauma or any behavior that I was raised with or things that I didn't deal with. I don't want to leave my kids with that. Mm-hmm. And so my job Amen. as a parent is to deal with my emotions, deal with the things that happened to me, let my kids know that, hey, it's validated. 
you know, your feelings are validated, you know? And so now as a mother, it is my job to teach them differently, to make Mm -hmm. sure, hey, it's not right. Your feelings, you know, it's okay to feel that way. Nothing wrong with it. And I think that's one of the biggest things is that a lot of times when we felt a certain way as a child, they will say, oh, it's all right. Go on, go, go outside and play, you know? And so if my child mm-hmm. comes and tell me, mommy, somebody did something to me, I'm going to, I'm going to investigate. Hell, hell, if you don't address it, she going to dab address right. it. Right. Dre ain't going right. to Right. I'm go. teaching her how to address it herself. She ain't going to let it. I didn't allow it to happen. That's good. And so I, so that, me as her mother. Called, your uncle uh, Herbie called her a lawyer. That's going to be a lawyer. That girl, <laughs> that she addressed her. She don't let of, nothing go. A lot of people may not understand what my, my parenting. My parenting yeah. is, I believe that I should have, I should prepare my child for the, for the world itself. Because mm-hmm. uh-huh. I don't want her, I don't want the world to, to, to give my child information, misinformation. I feel like as a parent, I should give it to her and I should give it to her whether I want to or not. And so yeah, she have to, I, I have to prepare because my child, she's nine years old. She wants to know. And so my job as a parent is to tell her. You're going to ask. So she has all the information. And even if I don't know it, I'm going, I'm looking up educational websites and we got to go take a workshop. I'm going to go take a a workshop. I'm sorry. That's just what we're going to do. You Uh know, (laughs) we're going to learn all that we need to know in order so that she knows it. And so nobody else can't tell her differently. And mm-hmm. so she knows how to stand up. She knows what to do. And then song. Mm-hmm. So that's what I say. Deal with it. Make sure you get mm-hmm. yourself in check so that you're not leaving. You're not um, leaving these traumas and in, in, in behaviors with your kids. Mm-hmm. Break those cycles. Mm-hmm. Well, Jalen, I'm going to just tell you like this. I, I know uh, I was not the perfect mother or whatever, oh, but I just oh, hope I just hope and pray I ain't <laughs> jacked you and Jalen. You and Xavier up two days ago. We're not, we're not going to do this on my platform. <laughs> we're not going to do this on my platform. But what I can say, what I can say, my sister, you have done a great job of raising your two men. Clearly. Uh-huh. You have yeah. done a wonderful job. Of raising your two men, both of them, they're very respectable. They're all, mm-hmm. uh, well, Jalen, I love my Jalen. He's still my squid word. <laughs> <laughs> he know that he can come to his auntie at any time. They know the same thing. He can always come to his auntie for anything. I always been that auntie that you can, or I always been that person that you can bring your issues and your problems with me. And I'm not going to judge you whatsoever. I'm just going yeah. to tell you the truth and um, at all times. So I do <sighs> want to commend you for raising those young men because um, because they it, could have went down a different route, but they didn't. they could. And they a lot could've. of it has a lot. A lot of it comes from you, from their mm-hmm. upbringing, and so yeah. that's something to commend you for. 
Yeah, I don't I, think I, I, think... I don't I don't think I've seen you compliment her. So let's just oh, yeah. thank you. Thank I'm with my emotions. Let's literally <laughs> we have to acknowledge this moment. I've never seen this happen. So she said she thank you for that. So she, I mean, she has in you know so many ways, but that is that it was very wonderful, sister. But you know, I was dealing let... with my emotions. I am. Yes, you are, myself. and I'm proud. I'm proud of you for that, but. Son, I want you to know, I tell you all the time, and I tell Xavier all the time, that when I gave birth to you two, I gave birth to greatness. And I mean that. I really, 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 truly mean that. And by me speaking those words into the atmosphere, I'm speaking greatness. And what am I getting? Greatness. You see? Do you do you think you're producing greatness? Yes. Jalen. Mom, why are you acting like? Yeah, you know, she putting you all. You know, yeah, you put me on the guy. spot. Like you are. You put me on the spot. Now I gotta go back to my old way. Now I gotta go back in on you. Now you're doing the most. No, what you no, gotta no, do? No, uh-uh. no, 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 uh-uh, no, 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 no. I'm Ingen, joking. I'm Ingen, Ingen, just, Ingen. Not helping. You just gave me. A oh my god. Doing <laughs> oh my goodness. I but love anyway, you, my sister. I love you too, sister. Yeah. And okay. I love. I I love you both. Yes, we love you, nephew. Let's end with a memory from Grand Granny. So what was your, just one, one, one of your favorite memories from your mother? Because I'm going to dedicate this episode to her. Oh, well, you, you know, yesterday I turned 46. And, and your grandmother was 46 years old when she passed away. And I'm just sitting up here thinking like, dang, she was so young. Mm-hmm. You know, young. This is going to tie into a bunch of memories. But <laughs> your, your grandma, my mama, oh my goodness. She was, as I said, she was a sweet lady and stuff. But there were some times where she would like overstep her boundary. Like there were times where I was at work and I will, um, she would call me on the phone and she was like, hey, you know, you got a check in the mail. Oh, and I'm no. like, how you know I got a check in the mail? <laughs> and she was like, well, no, first she'll be like, hey, do you want to go take me out to eat? And I'm like, mama, I didn't get paid yet. I don't have no money. And she's like, well, you know, you got a check in the mail. Oh, I was like, what? I got a check in the mail. Then I thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute, how do you know I got a check in the mail? Because I opened up your mail. I'm like, really, mama? You really Jenna, so up you my under, mail? So you know where I got to open the mail from. So That's she, a generational curse. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, like, even with her, is that she felt like I did everything that I could do to raise y'all. And as we got older, it was her turn. It was, mm. it was her turn to receive. And so even then, my mom would invite us out. She was like, Keisha, you taking me out to, uh, no, she was like, let's go to Red Lobster. So we'll go to Red Lobster. We'll eat, have a good time. And then you the go comes, <laughs> And she's like, uh, you know, you paying for me. Oh, my oh, God. These are things that you need to tell me beforehand. Because what if I only had enough for me? Well, yeah. you'll be up there washing dishes because you show me that get my money. And I'm like, really? But just this last story, which is one of my favorite ones, 
because we can talk about it and we can laugh about it. Like she would call and she was like, Keisha, I need, I, I need to pay my light bill. And I'm like, okay, mama, how, how much do you need? She was like, well, I need by uh 250. And I'm not even thinking about it. I'm like, okay, 250. You know, I'm like, okay, well, that's a, a little too high for your light bill. But I give it to her anyway. And then I'll turn back around, you know, and I just be talking to your mama or talking to your uncle Herbie. And then they'll come back. I was like, yeah, mama, you know, I gave mama some um money for her light bill. And then Mika be like, hold up. I gave mama money for her light bill too. Like, oh, <laughs> I said, what? Ma- you, mama gave, mama asked you for money too? And then we'll talk to Herman and then he, she don't got money out of him too. I said, oh, she just hustling. Really, mama? But that is her. She felt like if she needed something, she was going to get it. And you know what? We had no problem in giving it to her. Yeah. We actually laugh about it later, mama. You done got by eight, nine hundred dollars from the three of us together. <laughs> You don't pay the couple bills with that. I'm like, mama, you done paid the light bill, the rent. You done paid a few things on things. Like, really? I mean, really? That, yeah, that, yeah. She, yeah, she used to do us, do like that. But it, it, it I mean, at first we'd be, we would, we didn't, we didn't think it was funny. But later on, we'd be laughing. Like, apparently she, I, I guess she, she really, she must have, she must have needed it for something. You know, it was just, it was, it, it was, you know, too funny. Well, let me throw the question back on you. What is a memory since you're you're dedicating this to our mom? What is your memory that you remember the most from her? Um, uh, Grand Granny taught me how to movie hop. <laughs> 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 we saw. I think. I think we saw. It was like one day. Like I think. I think it. I don't know where Xavier was, but it was just me and her, and, and she took me to movies. And we went to go see um, Scooby Doo, and then we went to go see Like Like. <laughs> <laughs> and she just said, "She she I she said um, we was just we like after the movie was out, she was like she was like no just 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 stay here and and we just we just kind of like walk like regular, and then she just got it. She just walked into the movie, and I don't know if I said anything." But I was just like, oh, I guess we're going to see two movies. And I didn't know that that wasn't a thing you couldn't do <laughs> at the time. But, yeah. but I, I'm, I'm glad she took me to go see Scooby-Doo because Scooby-Doo was one of my favorite cartoons. But I do remember seeing she took me to see Scream one time. Yeah, she had nightmares. I was mad at her. She took you to go see Scream. You was having nightmares and stuff. How old was I? Why does she take me to go see that? You were like three, four years old. She probably wanted to see it. That's probably what it was. She, and she took you. And that, and I was so pissed off because you were scared. Jalen, somebody running around with a little mad song. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah. But I, I, like that, I like that movie now. Yeah, but yeah. at three, four years old, you couldn't comprehend that, Jalen. No, it was scary. Mom, I was mad at her for that. Well, she Cause did she loved she movies. Huh? Yeah, she did. She yeah. did. And I can say with her, the love of movies. That's another memory that, that I got from her. Like I, um, me and her as a child, we used to watch Gone with the Wind, mm-hmm. um, The Wizard of Oz. 
like some oh, of the yeah. classic movies. The Sound of Music. Yeah, the Sound of Music. Oh my God, that was we, one of her favorites. Watch that all the time. That's one of my favorite musical right and now. And remember that? Remember the movie My Cousin Vinny? She loved yeah, it. Yes, that was her favorite movie. She would laugh. Like, oh, she laughed. Oh, I watch every time that laugh. movie come on. Now I laugh and I think about her. Her love of movies. It is just it. It transcends. Like it. It wasn't just one category. It was just multiple categories. Yeah. And so that's something that, you know, that I still love to this day. Mm-hmm. I like, I love, she loved, I love Beaches with Beth Miller in it. I think that was one of her favorite movies. I love that. So she can um, cry about it. Oh, I still cry about that movie. I love and, that movie. And then one of her favorite TV shows was um, I Love Lucy. Mm. She used to oh, love she cried when Lucy that. died. Lucille well, yeah. Ball, when she died, she cried like she knew Lucille Ball. Lord, right, she mercy. did. That's one of the um, shows that we will watch on a regular basis. Hmm. You don't even and know. And then she loved Westworld. Yes, I, Mom, I used to. Yes, I I watched. I wa- I feel like I get a lot of that old. Like I like a lot of older movies too, and so I feel like I get that from her, and I feel like I get that from watching because we used to watch movies together too when I would. Mm-hmm visit and so i feel like that's i feel like a a part of her is like that's why i'm like studying film like that's what the, i feel like i get it from her like and i do right. I, I like i like watching old movies i gone with the winners i like that movie too like i love the sound of music and the color purple and like i like all of this i like all that stuff so classic oh those the classic films great classic yeah Nephews, thank you for having me on your podcast. At any time, if you need me, I'm here. We can talk about a lot of subjects. You know, it was good, you know, reminiscing about our childhood and, you know, just talking and letting people know that, you know, you have to deal with those traumas from your childhood and your adulthood and, you know, confront them and let them know that your feelings are valid. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Son, thank you. It is a privilege and an honor to finally be on your podcast. Why are you talking like that? What's what doing you... the most? See, that's just, why, man, you mom, have mom just, fin- just finish. Just finish. It, it's a privilege and an honor to finally be on your podcast. I feel so special. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is she doing? Is she crying? She, I am that's... not <laughs> Oh my I am God. not crying. So extra. Well, I am extra. Thank y'all both for coming on. And it was yes. a good conversation. And I'm glad y'all didn't argue. Thank you mm-hmm. for loving your extra family. Yes. Okay. Yes. Especially yeah. your mama. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Okay. Bye, y'all. <laughs> All right, bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs>